Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Barbie Poindexter, A Life Journey. Um, before I get into things, I just want to give you guys a heads up. It is a tr bit of a trigger warning. Um, so I had a bit of a rough week. I had a panic attack. And now usually I can manage my, my anxiety pretty well and stop a panic attack from happening, but this was pretty bad. Um, a lot of it had to do with vulnerability. Um, and I think just tightened emotions off of a lot of things that I've been reading about. Um, but a culmination of things caused me to feel so vulnerable that I felt like I needed to put on layers of clothing. I needed to be left alone. Um, I wanted to crawl out of my skin. And I was left feeling very anxious. Um, and so today I spoke to my therapist about it, and we have a feeling that I may have blocked something out. But we're not positive, and we won't know for sure. Um, the best explanation is that, so basically, when something happens to you when you're younger, even if you block it out or something, your body does that to keep you safe. So, you know, the extra layers of clothing are supposed to be like extra protection, basically, from feeling like you're not safe. But because of the um, therapy that I've been going through, it's starting to get to a point where I'm starting to feel safe enough to discuss what I'm feeling. Um, and so it's like basically my body is getting the memo that I'm, it's okay to, to feel safe enough to talk about this stuff. And so what's happening is my body is physically responding. And so what my nervous system was on, basically a high alert because of not feeling safe, is now starting to come down from that. And unfortunately, one of the side effects to that is going to be a possibility of more anxiety attacks, a possibility of learning things that maybe I had suppressed. Um, and so basically my body is trying to prepare itself for what's to come. So that kind of was a little bit scary. Um, so basically what had happened was um, I was having a lot of hip pain and my husband was trying to help me get the hip pain to stop and he didn't do anything. Um, he was, like I said, just trying to help me. And the next thing I know, something made me feel like I was too vulnerable and like I had to put a lot of clothes on. Um, and I was in the right enough mind to be able to explain to him that, you know, it wasn't anything that he was doing. It, I mean, it was something that triggered in me. Um, I'm a victim of sexual assault. So for me, being vulnerable in the way of having my myself exposed is, um, it's a big thing for me. So um, because of this, there are certain things that will trigger me. Um, I know that there are many people out there who are victims and I'm sure some people can agree that there are things that people do 
things that people say. Um, if somebody touches you a certain way, even unintentionally, that sometimes it can it can bring you right back to that moment in time. The problem was whatever it was that triggered me this time, it did not bring me back to that moment that I was sexually assaulted, but instead brought me to this place deep within my core that made it feel like there was something that I forgot about when I was younger. And it's plausible. Um, mostly because there are a lot of things that my family will mention to me that I don't remember at all. Um, so I know for a fact there are certain things that I've suppressed, but I don't know for a fact that being molested or anything like that was a possibility. But to feel like deep down inside the core in the pit of your stomach, that something just does not bode well, that something was there, that there's a possibility of repressed memories, it didn't sit right with me at all. It made me completely uncomfortable. And so I just looked at my husband and I said, I need you to take your hands off of me and I need you to stop. I don't know why, but I know that I'm feeling like I need to go put on a bunch of clothes. Um, and he handled it very well. And I don't know if it was because um, he just knows what I've gone through or if it was because of that and because of the way that I worded it. Because sometimes people get, um, they get a little bit offended because they're rejected. But you have to understand when you're with someone who has the baggage that I have, you, there's going to be times that you're going to be rejected and it's not going to be your fault. It's just something that you have to accept and being a caring person and being an understanding partner is more important than anything else. Um, and so, you know, I said, I don't know what's going on. I just need to, to get clothes on. And, and he said, nobody said you couldn't. So go ahead and, 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 you know, do whatever it is you need to do, but know that you're safe. And I'm right here. And at this point, I was starting to cry because I felt so uncomfortable that I wanted to jump out of my skin. It felt like, like just this, I wish that I could describe further this feeling of like disgust, um, uncomfortability. It, it was, it was awful. And, um, normally I would be hyperventilating at this part and I was about to be hyperventilating, but you know, my husband was like, I'm not going to touch you because I know that you don't want me to, but I want you to know that I'm here with you and you're in a safe space. You're having a panic attack and you need to take deep breaths. Nothing's going to hurt you right now. And although it made me a little irritated that he said to take deep breaths, I knew it was coming from a place of love. And so I was like, I'm going to push that anger out and listen to what he's got to say, because it's not out of malice. 
it's not out of um, someone saying that I'm being irrational. It's out of someone saying that it's okay. I can fall apart, but I don't want you to hyperventilate and pass out. So here, take some deep breaths. Um, so because of that, I was able to take a few deep breaths, but I still ended up having um, enough of a panic attack that, he, you know, after a few minutes, it seemed like I had calmed down and he was like, are you okay now? And I was like, honestly, I don't know. And he was like, well, what do you feel? And I said, I feel really tired. And that's very common for anyone who's had a panic attack. You know, there is that like, just, you're just extremely exhausted because it just physically and mentally depletes you. Um, and so I laid down and I was like, I need to lay down. I need to go to sleep. But it didn't stop there. For the last week, I have been feeling what I call the anxiety hangover. I, um, you know, the next day, normally it's just like the next day I'll wake up and I feel really tired, just emotionally drained. Um, but this has lasted all week this week. And, um, you know, I've, I've tried to busy myself and stay distracted by taking care of my kids. And um, this is all stuff I was explaining to my therapist. <clears throat> I said, and then I just, um, at nighttime is, is really when it comes up. And, and when it does, I feel physically sick to myself. And I feel like I need to put layers of clothing on and, and, and stay in a corner and just self-isolate and shut down. And, um, and he said, well, you know, that makes sense because that's, your body's way of protecting itself when it's feeling that vulnerability. So, um, then of course he had to point out, well, was there at any point where you judging yourself, like being hard on yourself this week? And I guess, yeah, I was on some level. And like I said, my husband has been very supportive throughout this whole journey with therapy. He said, um, he had called me to tell our boys to have a good practice. Um, and on the way I was like, well, I'm just, you know, I was really anxious. I was running behind. I couldn't get my stuff together and it just felt like overwhelming. And he, you know, he said, well, remember your therapist said, find the positives, find the good things that you've done this week and try to forget the negative. And so I was like, you know what? You're right. And so that's what I did. Um, and honestly, having a support system the way that I do with my husband has been such a blessing because I know a lot of people don't necessarily always understand it. And even though he doesn't always understand what I'm going through, I know that he is trying to understand and he's trying to be there for me. Even if he doesn't know how to be, he is open to hearing what I'm saying and we're communicating better and... It's something that I hope and pray for, for my children in the future with their spouses, um, because I'm starting to learn a little bit more and more about how important that communication is um, and learning how to communicate properly instead of just kind of digging at people, which is what I've essentially grown up to do is, is like, just like, oh, well, you did this. And, 
you know, basically for me, if someone did something that I don't like, it's because they're doing it wrong or it's just not right in my book. But I have to learn, and that goes to the cognitive distortion, where everything is black or white, neither either this or that. There's no in-between. Um, and that is a big one for me. I really struggle with... Um, with knowing that there's an in-between. In fact, there's an in-between more often than I'd like there to be an in-between. So as I'm trying to learn and give myself grace with that, you also kind of learn these things about yourself, about how it's okay to, you know, feel the feelings that you're feeling, but it's there are better ways to communicate with other people so that they can understand in a way for them. To understand you if that makes sense I, I'm trying to think of a better way to explain it so basically like if I'm angry with my husband instead of just straight yelling at him it's better for me to say you know I'm feeling really angry and this is why I'm feeling angry because a lot of times we'll just say what we're feeling or we'll um, react and it does not come out very well. Um, so in explaining, my husband and I have found that, oh, okay, I didn't see it from that side. And I'm not saying that you have to explain to someone how you feel all the time. That's not, I mean, you do you, boo. Um, but I am saying that there's something to trying to vocalize, especially with people who you are closer with, um, where your feelings are coming from, because then there's a little bit less pushback if someone understands. Because a lot of times, even though we think that we're conveying what we want to convey, we aren't always, unless you actually physically say what it is that you're trying to convey to someone. Because everybody thinks differently. I may think one way. I may think that the sky is pink today. But, you know, Joe thinks the sky is blue. And I'm over here saying, well, the sky is pink because I saw the way that the sun reflected off of the clouds and it was pink. And Joe was like, well, I, I, I saw that the sky was blue and there were no clouds. But if we just sit there and argue, the sky is pink, no, it's blue, no, it's pink, no, it's blue. You're arguing, but neither of you is seeing each other's point of view. And it's kind of important, and I think I'm learning that more and more so as I'm getting older because it's not just emotions that this kind of um, is important with. It's important with a lot of things, um, especially in today's world. I'm seeing a lot of arguments, especially on Facebook. Listen, guys. I am over social media, just so that we're all aware. I use it to share pictures of my family to the rest of my family, but that's about it. Um, because there's just so much. There's This is how I feel about everything, and if you don't agree with it, you're wrong, and vice versa. And so a lot of people are living in this black and white type of world. It's either this or this, there's not allowed to be any gray, no in-between. And if you say that there's an in-between, people are quick to judge. 
But what we really need to be doing is sitting and hearing each other. Because when you sit there and you're open to hearing what the other person has to say, you might not agree with all of it, but they might have some valid points that you do agree with. Um, and so I'm starting to understand now why <laughs> uh, therapy got me today, guys. Um, why it's important to understand that there are gray areas. Um, because if you live in a world where you just allow everything to be black and white, you're unwilling to hear what other people have to say. And you're right, and that's that's it. Nobody else is right. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm laughing because like I am realizing even more so how much um, cognitive distortion with the black and white sense is is very much my personality to a T. Um, and also personalizing, cognitive distortion personalizing. So if someone says, um, gives me criticism or gives someone criticism, but it has some, like it rings a bell or rings true for me, I take that in and it becomes about me and then it sticks with me and it won't go away. Um, and so the question was, you know, what am I going to leave today's therapy session with? And I think one was a little bit of grace with myself because of the fact that I obviously am progressing enough in therapy that my body, my nervous system is starting to feel safe enough to be able to have these conversations, to be able to communicate with people and to maybe even end up finding something out about myself that I've repressed. And even though that's going to be something that's very hard to take in and and settle in with, it's also something that's good that is saying right now you're safe enough to be able to remember those things, and that's a good thing. So I'm trying to just have some grace with myself. I'm trying to be understanding. Look, I even um, it was. It was so bad that not only was I feeling sick to my stomach, I actually was singing in my bed last night. And I was singing, oh, God, please take my my anxiety away. And now you don't have to be Christian to, to you know, have your anxiety taken away. But it was just I knew that humming works and I knew that deep breaths work. And because it was still too quiet for me in my head at night, I needed to sing the words so that I could just get rid of the feelings and it helped out so much. So if you're ever alone and you're feeling like you have too many thoughts, maybe try singing. Even if it sounds stupid, even if you could be singing, just sing about what you're feeling inside, you know, the feelings that you're thinking or whatever it is, whatever words you think, sing them out because it seems to help. Um, so Going forward, I want to have more grace, like I said. And then the other thing was to kind of try and recognize when I'm trying to have that cog cognitive distortion, when I am living by it's either this or that, there's no in-between. Um, because, honestly, it's really important to allow there to be an in-between, especially when you have children, because children have different personalities. So what works for one child may not work for the other. And so that's when that gray area kind of pops up. 
Um, so my goal is to be open to gray areas and realizing that there are more of them than I would like to admit. Um, but have grace with myself when I, I do fail because it is a process. It's a journey. We are going to have setbacks. But when you're progressing forward and you're attempting to make the changes, it's okay to have a setback. It's okay to have a momentary panic attack. It's okay to have a momentary lapse in, in judgment and, and go back into that, that same cycle of what you were doing before. Because it's not easy. When you're in a cycle and you're in a pattern, it's not easy to get out of that pattern. So when you're actually physically trying to force yourself to change your patterns, change your ways, there's going to be setbacks. But don't let that discourage you. Take that. Take control of it and really have grace for yourself and understand that it's okay. And you just have to keep trying and you have to keep pushing. Um, and find, find the people, the relationships that make you feel safe. Um, before talking to my therapist, I was honestly very, very sick about the, the idea of talking about the panic attack just because I was terrified of where it was going to lead. And I messaged one of my good friends about it because I knew it was something that he had been through himself. And he, you know, gave me a gentle reminder of, of yes, um, it is scary, but that is your safe space. And that is what the therapist is there for. And um, in order to get through it, we have to discuss it, even when we don't want to. Um, and I'm so thankful that I have people in my life that not only relate to what I've been through, but are there and are supportive. Because if it was not for them, I probably would not have the courage to continue this journey because it has been very difficult to accept the vulnerability that comes with it. So um, with that, I know that we're coming up on the end of our, our 30 minutes. Um, I just kind of wanted to give you guys an update. That was my weekly update for therapy. Unfortunately, there wasn't much more talk about it because like I said, that panic attack really really just killed me and I've been in a fog all week. But I just want you all to know that there are going to be days that you're going to struggle. There are going to be days that you have anxiety really bad. But understand that you are not alone. And if you don't have that support system, please do not hesitate to reach out to me because I will be that support system. I know how important it is to have someone in your corner when you're really struggling. That's all for tonight. I hope you all have a wonderful evening. Thanks.